The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How is your work life going? Business? Home? Social? How about your health? Could you make some changes? Of course you could, but how and where to start? This is Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. In this program, we'll help you identify and make the changes in your life that need to be made, and by doing so, increase your potential for success. And now, here's your host, Hemda Mizrahi. Welcome to Turn the Page. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined virtually by Damien Lupo. Damien's a financial consulting expert and sought-after advisor to high-profile private clients. He began his long run as an entrepreneur at the age of 11. Since then, he started and owned more than 30 businesses. In 2016, he founded Total Control Financial, through which he guides clients in building wealth in a way that's different from the more traditional retirement investment system of the 401k and the IRA. In today's episode, we'll talk about this investment alternative, referred to as the Qualified Retirement Plan. Damien will discuss how you can establish the foundation for financial control and a concrete strategy to live with financial control. Damien, I'm so excited to welcome you to the show. Thanks for being here. I'm so happy to be with you, Hemda. Thank you so much for having me. As we're starting our conversation, let's talk briefly about your personal mission, which is so critical to building financial control as you describe it in your book, Reinvented Life. So would you share a bit about your mission and also how it relates to the guidance you offer your clients about establishing a foundation for financial control? Yeah, definitely. I, when, this really takes me back a, a good 15 years when when I was starting off building biz, a business around real estate and developing my own financial wealth. And I didn't really have a mission other than just a lot of money. So it was kind of an, a, a money mission. And it was all about creating a lot of zeros and then a whole lot of consumption. And unfortunately, I think that that's what a lot of people have in terms of their mission because they don't really have a deep-seated why in what they're doing. I, I certainly didn't. And and then ultimately, there's a lot of fear around the future because there's nothing that's being created with with legs, with a mission and, and values behind it. And so, when when I went through my process of of just having this this um, money mission, and then it blew up, I realized hmm, that this is probably a bad a bad strategy that a lot of a lot of folks have. And and I and when I looked at my parents and I saw how their their focus was really on just money, getting money. They didn't have a foundation or they didn't really have a mission to create wealth. And then I watched them show up when they were in their 50s and 60s and not really have anything that would would uh, give them the, the the financial wherewithal to have that life, that retirement that many people dream about. 
and I just I realized there's something missing in the conversation, and and so when I when I rebooted and reinvented my life, I decided there's this is going to be based on a mission to do good to empower people with the the ability and the vehicle and the confidence so that they can have a life by design, a financial life by design, and not just a default of whatever maybe shows up or is handed to them at, at age sixty, and then they just have to deal with it. So you're saying that when people are, don't come from more of a conscious, deliberate place about linking what they do to generate wealth to their values, to their personal mission, that there's this perpetual fear that the financial, finances will be lost? Uh, yeah, I, I really feel like if, if we don't go back to the foundational mission and values, then we aren't really working with anything that's at a core, uh, that has core strength and and power there. It's just jumping and running and chasing squirrels and hoping it all works out. And and the the truth is now there's there's so much changing all the time that people are afraid that they're going to be made irrelevant or that their strategy is going to, uh, it's not going to work next year. Or and, And so part of the thinking, part of the shift is that we've got to create a different conversation around the ideas of 10x of, of things to where we, we have to look out into the future and ask how can we be 10 times better and the reason that I bring that up is because it forces us to disrupt whatever is working today before we get disrupted by something else and it forces us to expand which is how we're able to create the confidence and the security because eventually we're going to get knocked down by something that is imagined by someone else and my suggestion is let's do it to ourselves first so that we have the confidence that we we can constantly evolve and and be in charge and not just be subject to whatever happens to us. It makes sense that it has to come from your core because the other issue too is that even if people are buying what it is that we're selling, if it's not something that reflects your your life, your breath of life, then it's not going to be something that you're going to be energized to sustain yourself. No, that's that's exactly right. I mean, we, when we we think about traditional investments, we think about financial control. For most people, it's it's I've got a bunch of money that my advisor in in New York or or um, my the brokerage house down the street has, and they're in charge. And hopefully, they'll make the seven or eight percent a year. And there's really a total disconnect between our ability to influence that, and we just sit there hoping that it's going to work out. And and there's there's really no responsibility around that. I, I think that there's a much better way. I believe that people have the ability and and the skill set if they will if they will take control if if they will own it if they'll be totally responsible. And and so that's it's it, it's a shift in thinking. It takes it takes the power and control away from uh, from the financial industry and puts it in in individuals' hands. And I believe in them far more than I do in someone else that's that's also focused on their own well-being and not just for the the person's uh, wealth and their and their future. So that's it's a shift in thinking and it, it requires somebody saying I'm going to take control of this and and it's going to be it's going to be my choice and and I'm going to own the results either way. Since it's a, it requires this change of thinking which sometimes puts us in a space where we don't feel safe and secure, right? So sometimes you have to get to that point where you're in that unsettled phase because you're changing your approach in order to really gain the security that you're truly looking for. How do you work with your clients around this? Is there a story that you can share? 
Yeah, I mean, what, one one of the things that that we do is is we ask the question, how could you create a ten times bigger uh, out, outcome? Say, so when we look at a, a client and they they're puttering along, making their six or seven percent each year. I, I've had I've had some clients that that said, okay, we don't like what's happening in the market. A couple up in Chicago, a couple different clients, and and one of the conversations we had was, do you want to just hope it works out, or do you want to shift? And what they said is, we want to shift. We want to get off that roller coaster, and and they moved their money away from that system, and they put it in their hands and started investing in real estate. And what happened was, they they realized they could do ten times better. Than the results that they might get if the roller coaster didn't fall off a cliff in in on the Wall Street stuff and and now they're able to wake up and there's this calm and there's there's not the anxiety because they're becoming stronger and stronger with their self confidence and they're able to look at at deals and be in control of them so truly their results will end up being ten times better because they got off of that that machine that they were kind of convinced that they had to be had to be on and that was required. So just that shift by saying, what can we do that's 10 times bigger? It really, it, it forced them off of the old and it pushed them into almost a blank slate to reimagine what their life could like, look like if they were in control of it. So essentially their, their investments really are a product of their own decision-making. That's exactly right. They're, they, they get to choose. They, they've, not, they've not delegated responsibility or abdicated it. They, they've said, we are going to be responsible. And, and what, what happens is they start to build the confidence because the security is in the lack of confidence that we can really do something, that we can really impact the, the results. And, and when somebody realizes that they have the skills and they've got a little experience, then they, that muscle starts to develop, and then they go, oh, this is great. I don't need to be at the subject and whim of whatever happens in the market. I don't really care who gets elected because I'm in charge and in control of my life. And so it's very exciting to see that shift happen, and it's definitely emotional and psychological more than strategic or tactical. It's, it's, a, it's about what happens in our, in our mind and in our spirit. Essentially, you're helping people then through total control financial to be able to establish this bridge and to get a little bit more comfortable to the point where they can launch and they can fly maybe even on their own? Absolutely. It, it's, it's, it, a good way to look at this is to consider the idea of, of an actual vehicle, a car like a Ferrari, because what we're doing is we're, we're giving someone an opportunity to drive a Ferrari instead of a Pinto into their future. And that's very scary for most people because if you hit the gas, and I remember I, I was crazy enough at one point to actually have a Ferrari. And when mm-hmm. I first got it, I hit the gas and I about wrapped myself around a tree and I didn't know what I was doing. And what I needed was training and I needed the confidence that I could actually control this thing and I could do something and it wouldn't kill me. And a lot of times people say, well, I'm afraid of, of taking control of my money because I just don't know anything about money or finance or investing. And so what we're doing is making sure that there's training so that they can be, be comfortable being in the driver's seat instead of being in the passenger seat or the back seat or, or like a lot of people, I think they're in the trunk of their car and just hoping the car doesn't go off a cliff. So we're really giving them the tools and the skills and the experience so that they can be comfortable and and drive wherever they want to take their car. Damien, can you talk briefly about the process that you go through just so that we can understand it a little bit more concretely from the point where you're tapping into the mission and values of the client and then taking them through these steps where they have this alternative referred to as the qualified retirement plan? 
Yeah, so the, the really the process is starting off with the question about what their, their values are. Do they value self-responsibility versus do they value, uh, do they not value it? Do they value being transparent or do they prefer kind of chaos and fuzziness around numbers? The, when, when we ask those questions, when someone says, I am, I am focused on transparency, I want clarity around numbers and I'm willing to be responsible because that's who I am. I'm not going to point the finger. I don't justify or blame. I'm all about me choosing and living and owning the, the, the outcomes. Once we have someone that, that is in that space of transparency and self-responsibility, then we can say, okay, there's an, there's an option for you to take your, your money and, and pull it out of a system that really encourages you to not be responsible, encourages you to blame the markets, and encourages you to not really know what's going on being feed to test. And, and we, we help them move that money into a place where they've got control of it in a checkbook and they are going out and investing. So we build that, that bridge between those two worlds if, they, if their values are in alignment. If their values aren't in alignment, then we say this is probably a bad fit because the values have to drive what we're going to do. If they don't, if we just pick a tool that's the wrong tool, then it's going to be frustrating and they're going to fail. So we have to find out what their values are first and then decide if this is an appropriate tool, probably like anything in finance or investing. You go through that assessment process to determine if the person is in the right space and time for this type of investment. Yeah, absolutely. We, it, it's really important to start with that. I think a lot of times people just sell anything to anybody. And for this, this is, there's, there's very little that's more impactful or more emotional than our money. And we want to make sure that, that we're giving people something that they're going to use and it's not going to create, it's not going to create more anxiety in their life or it's not going to send them down a spiral. So that you ha- I feel like you have to start with that. With, with anything when we're talking about finance or investing, you got to figure out who you are. And so it's not just about a, a great idea for an investment. It's about whether that investment fits with you as a human being. And what about educating people about investments? How does that process work? How much do your clients do on their own in order to decide what investments hopefully will position themselves in the best way? Typically, people are, are that are moving into the place of self-responsibility with finance and investing. They're, they're, if if we're, we're really honest about the conversation, we have to say that this is kind of like going to college. It's going, going to a university, you don't get, you don't end up with a degree in four minutes. It takes four years, and there's a lot of initiative that you have to have. You have to actually go home and do homework, and so that's part of this process too, where people are are, are going to have to go and and read, and they're going to have to go to education programs. We also provide a lot of educational pieces on these alternative investments like the real estate and the precious metals and those type of things. We, we provide that and people are going to have to say, I'm going to t- be disciplined enough to spend time and energy. And this is, it, it's, it's a process that takes months and years to, get, to build up not only the academic intelligence, but the emotional fortitude to be confident. And that's the missing piece. You can do a speed reading course and, and then be, be able to learn a lot about real estate. That doesn't really mean that you're going to have the confidence. In fact, it definitely doesn't mean that you have to actually go through the process of doing transactions, doing deals, and then you learn, you actually learn about the deals and you learn about yourself. So there's, this is a it's a commitment and and for the right people that are committed it's perfect and for people that would rather have the quick fix and the pill that fixes everything in 5 minutes this is definitely not the right thing 
there's a tab on your homepage, right, that offers folks an opportunity if they enter their mailing address, the Get Started tab, that they can receive a free copy of the Total Control Financial Guide to a Qualified Retirement Plan. Yeah, that's that's the best place to start, and and really, it it's the if somebody is serious, they're going to say, yeah, I want that book, and and I'm going to spend some time engaging in it and learning about it, and we I want to support that. So if someone comes to TotalControlFinancial.com and and clicks on the Get Started button at the top, we will send a book out to them so they can hold it and they can start to participate in their financial mastery and their financial journey. Thanks so much, Damien. We're going to take a minute for a commercial. When we come back, Damien will discuss a crucial lesson he learned in his 20s after he lost a $5 million net worth. We'll talk about the difference between fulfillment and success as a strategy for sustainable financial control. Stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a professional athlete, a retired athlete, or other top performer who's seeking a new career? Explore how to transfer your talents and mission into a rewarding business with the expert guidance of Hemda Mizrahi. As a performance coach and generalist consultant to entrepreneurs, Hemda will support you and your family in your next major professional transition. Create a winning game plan by contacting her through lifeandcareerchoices.com. That's lifeandcareerchoices.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. 
Welcome back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined by Damian Lupo, the president, CEO, and founder of Total Control Financial. Damien identified how your personal mission values and self-responsibility are essential building blocks for financial control. In this segment, we'll focus on an important distinction that can ensure the wealth you build is sustainable and that it actually satisfies your core needs. We're going to discuss the difference between fulfillment and success. So, Damon, I'm curious about two things. One is how you work with your clients around this distinction as it relates to financial control and also how you came to discover the significance of fulfillment versus success in your own life. Well, it's, it's, when, I, when we look back uh, 15 years ago, I, I, I think about who I was and my focus and my, my goals. And my goals were all about hitting a certain number. It was First it was a million, and then it was two million in, in net worth, and then in, in assets. And it was always these numbers. And so I would do things. I would, I would sell something, or in my real estate business, I would go and I would buy a new house or a rental property. And I kept having these success moments, or somebody would, would buy something from me, or they'd buy a house, and there'd be a big event at the, at the bank. And I kept feeling, okay, this moment of, of euphoria, and it was kind of like a drug addiction, because I kept doing these things over and over. And it, there, it wasn't really based on serving all of my my human needs. And, and the human needs are the certainty. And this is what people default to a lot with security. And then we also need variety, although that can turn into squirrel hunting where we're chasing everything in sight because it's so interesting. But then there's these other pieces like love, connection, contribution, and growth. And I was missing most of those. I was focusing on the, the certainty and the security with the successful moments because in my mind, I thought, okay, if I, if I make another $50,000 right now and that shows up in my bank, that's great. Well, then there's a huge letdown when the moment happens where the, the money's dropped into the bank and then I go, okay, I need it again. So it really goes back to a life of just these moments instead of a process where it's very fulfilling. And I missed the entire process of fulfillment because it was just about the monetary moments. And, and that's, that was the hard lesson I learned over those five, six years of just building up millions and millions of dollars and, and then losing it and realizing, okay, there's something that I'm missing. And what I was missing was a strategy around figuring out how to incorporate all the other human needs that I didn't feel like, okay, I'm missing. I'm, there's a hollow, there's a piece of me that's, that doesn't exist and, and I'm just kind of a walking zombie. And that's, that was part of the reinvented life process was understanding how to build a strategy and then conveying that to other people so that they didn't go through the same process of, of just having the moments and then everything else was, was a struggle and it wasn't very fun and it was just a miserable life. It sounds like that distinction is about looking at whether or not we're disproportionately then focusing on one need at the expense of the others. And in, in this case, you're talking about the need for security, incorporating in, in terms of gaining fulfillment, also the other needs that you talked about, variety, love, connection, contribution, growth. Yeah, and it's, it's, it reminds me a lot of, of all the martial arts training that I've done over the years and how oftentimes I'll hear someone come in and, and they'll say, I would love to be a black belt. Or they'll say, how long does it take to get a black belt? And I respond to them, well, if you want the success moment, if you want to have a black belt, there's a sporting goods store a, a few blocks away. and It'll take you about five minutes and $10 and, and you'll have a black belt. 
And, and the, the distinction there is that you can have the success. You can go rob a bank and you can have the security of money. It's going to be fleeting. You're probably going to end up in jail. So then you have a new form of security, maximum security. Mm-hmm. Or you can say the process is, is a process of mastery. And it's, there's a great book by George Leonard where he goes into the process of mastery. He happens to be a, a martial artist, or he was before he passed away. And it, it's this whole process of life around the fulfillment in that you're living this process. It's not just this moment in time. It's, it's not like one of my, my friends and clients had, had remodeled the house. And after like six months, he remodeled it and sold it and had 50 or $60,000 that he'd made. And we were talking about it afterwards. And he said, yeah, I was really excited about that moment. And I felt like, oh, this is great. I'll feel successful. And then it passed and it was very, it was fleeting. And it and so for him, what he realized is it needs to be something more than just finding that endpoint. It needs to be a process that we can really enjoy and incorporate the other pieces, especially growth. If we are doing things just based on making money or, or there's just something that endpoint and we don't have a growth where we're growing as individuals, we're probably going to feel like there's something missing. And so we really have to be conscious around serving those different human needs, making sure that they're in rhythms in our life. When you offered that image of the cage, I was just thinking how we can imprison ourselves in the guise of creating security. And it's a full sense of security because you're not really living, you're robbing yourself of the, those experiences that create freedom in your life. Yeah, it's it's really it's it's really unfortunate that 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 is pretty much the common scenario, and and for people we we feel like there's security that we can get if we obtain a certain thing, and uh, and it's just it's not it's not really true. We've we've got to have a life that we love, and one of the great questions and strategies that I love to ask people, whether it's a friend or a new client, I'll always ask. What would you do tomorrow if you had $20 million dropped into your bank account today? And, and all of a sudden, we take money out of the equation and this, this light kind of shines and, and the eyes open up. Like, what would I do if I wasn't forced to be in this hamster wheel? What would I, how would I express myself? How would I contribute? How would I grow myself? What would I do that to learn things? And, and it's, I think a lot of people are just afraid of even asking that question or going there because they're, they're afraid that they might get excited and get let down, that it would never happen because of the stories that they've been telling themselves. The, the cool part, though, is, is that once we ask that type of question, it starts to open us up to, to see things and, and see a different way. And, and then all of a sudden, there's a possibility that we can spend our time doing things where we're not thinking about a paycheck and we're not focusing on a Friday. More often, we're focusing on Monday because we can't wait to get started on the work that we're doing because we love it so much. And while you're offering this wonderful structure and the qual- uh, clarity also that comes from your own experience going through a transition point, it still requires, like you're saying, even though you, you can help to simplify the process because you've been through it, it requires a lot of reflection and it requires time for the change process to happen for each individual. It's, like you said, not something that's going to be immediate, but it's, it's very possible. 
It, it is, and it's, and this goes back to the, the idea of, of commitment and, and really asking a, a question about our future. Like, what, what is the vision that we have for our future? I, unfortunately, I had a, a conversation about a year ago uh, with, with a friend of mine, and, and she seemed frustrated with the idea that I had a vision for my future, and she thought it was a little nuts and, and that it would it'd be easier if, if I was just happy with where I was. And the problem with not having a future vision that's bigger than our present is that we, it's not really pulling us into growth. And so it's super valuable for us to have this bigger vision. And it's not about having just more stuff. It's about having a bigger life. And it can even be a simpler life. It's just something where we, we are continually growing because the universe doesn't do static. It doesn't do flat. You're either growing or you're dying. And so the question is, how can we always be growing? And a lot of that has to do with just the, the thinking that we have. And, and it, that doesn't require anything other than a change, a choice, a moment where we say, I'm going to think bigger. I'm going to think differently. And the growth, as you're suggesting, it seems that, like you said, it's not just about numbers because you're proposing that you want to take a look at growth across the span of the variety of needs that we have. So in some cases, we may have an underdeveloped growth, let's say in, in, our, in the area of love, in the area of connection, that you can work on, work on that as part of your plan of having a vision of a future that's larger than the present. And, I, and that's it's one of the, the, the things that comes up where, where people will will come in sometimes and they'll they'll say okay I want to figure out how to invest and I ask why and they say well because I want to have more time with with my family and and really when you when we ask the question about what's really true what's driving you what's the pain it's it's oftentimes that we realize it has nothing to do with the money there's something else that's driving that and we can switch gears because we do want to grow our love or our connection or our contribution and it doesn't necessarily take more money, it takes a consciousness around it. It takes a choice to say, I'm going to build this into my life. I'm going to choose to have more love. I'm going to love more. I'm going to connect more. I'm going to take care of my body. I'm, whatever that is, it, it's usually it's a second or a third uh, degree question where you have to ask the question several times the same way to go to the real underlying driver. It's not just the money, although people typically go right to the money and say more money will solve it or, or a bigger investing return or more assets. And that's, that can help. It also happens to be a side effect. And it's not necessarily the thing that we really want because, I mean, it, if we think about it, who cares if we have a big pile of, of paper in front of us that, that looks like dollars? That's not really what we want. What we want is what those dollars buy us or the, the time that we have because those dollars give us resources and options. It's not about the paper. And, and we have to remember that and really understand why we want that. That's a great question. And it comes back to what you were saying before about asking yourself, if money weren't an issue, what would you be doing? The, the key motivation, the, the motivator actually is the thing that keeps you going. It's the thing that helps you to be very deliberately aware of your own values and to sync your values with your efforts. Yeah, and, and it's, it, Hamda, it's really, it's, it's hard for me to see people that are, are so afraid of, of really doing something that they love because they're so addicted to the, the money. And, and I, I watch them living their life out of a fear of, of maybe not having resources, not having a certain thing, a certain experience, and they're trading in 
most of their, their life juice just to have that security. And it's not, I, I really don't believe that that's why we're here as humans. It's, it's not to be living in fear and just working for more and more money to have more security that's really an illusion anyway. And so asking that question, what would you do if you took that out of the equation and digging into that is, is, is so powerful. And oftentimes it requires other people, somebody else, whether it's a coach or, or a therapist or a friend that isn't going to judge. It's, it's pulling that stuff out of us and really allowing us to feel what it would look like and how, how our life would be if we were living it without just trading all of our life energy for more paper, funny money that really, at the end of the day, is just an idea anyway. And, and, it, and so we have to step back and, and ask better questions if we want a different life. Damien, we have a few minutes left for this segment. So aside from this really important question that you're suggesting that listeners ask, are there any other recommendations you have, some tactical steps for distinguishing between fulfillment and success in one's own life as we're looking at this possibility of moving more toward financial control? One of the questions to ask is, is what do we, um, when we're looking around the people that are around us, I love the question to ask, what, are, we, are we serving what somebody else wants? Or are we serving what we want? And if we look at the people that are around us, oftentimes we're becoming them. And so we're kind of serving them to blend in. It's a very basic human need to be uh, in line with the tribe. It's, it, it goes back to the security that if we're in a tribe, if we're in a group of people, we're more likely to survive. And, and a, a great tactical strategy is to create a vision and then ask yourself, are the people that I'm surrounding myself with and I'm spending time with, are they in line with that vision? Are they already living that? Because if we have a, an idea that we want to be really, really fit and we spend all of our time with people that sit around watching football and, and eating Twinkies and are 200 pounds overweight, the likelihood is we're never going to be there because we're going to blend in with those people. They're going to influence us, whether it's their health or their money or their relationships. And most definitely it comes down to the morals and ethics of people because if we're if we see ourselves as as moral and ethical and acting out of integrity and people that are around us are not like that, the likelihood is we're going to have a really big conflict all the time. So it's, I think that that's the most important thing to ask around the people that are, that we spend time with, what are their morals and values and ethics? And is that who I want to be? Is that what's going to drive me? And if it is great, if it's not, it's time to really reassess who, I, who those people should be in my life. And maybe it's not the ones that are there. I call that creating a construct. Essentially, right, when you're going through this change process and you're doing a lot of self-reflection, you, you're having these realizations that may be a little bit difficult to digest and to know what to do with in, in the near term, that you're creating an infrastructure essentially in your life that helps to support the direction that you want to take because we're so much affected by our environment, as you're saying, and the people who are around us. So how can you make it as easy as possible to facilitate the change process. Yeah, it, it, oftentimes I've, I've asked myself, if me moving somewhere is really going to be the answer, if changing the environment is going to be the answer, because I'm still with me and I still have the thoughts that are in my brain, the reality is what you said is exactly right. That It does have an impact. The environment around us, the people and the place, it has, an, has a, a tremendous impact. And we can set ourselves up for the, the life that we want and, and the feelings. And, and it, it does matter. It's not just 
neutral where we are, and, and we have that choice. I mean, unless we are in prison, we pretty much have a choice where that's going to be and who those people are going to be in our lives. And, and when we take responsibility for that, everything can change very, very quickly. We're going to go to a quick commercial. Stay with us to learn about a concrete strategy to build wealth that enables you to have financial control. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. Higher education faces lots of changes. If you are a student, educator, or in the workforce, you'll want to tune into Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Your host, Dave Goldberg, and his guests will explore the innovations that higher education adopts as it reinvents itself. The world of higher education is constantly changing. Stay on top and stay ahead of the rest. Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a professional athlete, a retired athlete, or other top performer who's seeking a new career? Explore how to transfer your talents and mission into a rewarding business with the expert guidance of Hemda Mizrahi. As a performance coach and generalist consultant to entrepreneurs, Hemda will support you and your family in your next major professional transition. Create a winning game plan by contacting her through lifeandcareerchoices.com. That's lifeandcareerchoices.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. We're back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined by Damian Lupo the president, CEO, and founder of Total Control Financial. Damien clarified the difference between fulfillment and success and the important role that fulfillment plays in building and sustaining financial control. In this final segment, we're going to get more into how you can develop a concrete strategy to live with financial control. Damien, how do you guide your clients in this process? And the, the first thing that we ask is, is really what, it, what are they trying to shoot for? Are they, are they trying to shoot for the, the old, uh, the, the idea of retirement? Is that, is that important to them? 
and and usually people have an idea that they're they're wanting to have a retirement. And so the first thing I'm going to do is is typically blow the idea of retirement out of the water and say, okay, do we really want to just stop living? Do you really want to stop? And is it is it really that you want to go into retirement or you want to hit that success moment because you hate what you're doing, or is it just you want to feel security around your future? And we so we ask that question to get them to really think about the idea of retirement. And for most people. It's retirement is because they're trying to leave something that they don't like. And if people will switch gears earlier and start doing something that they like, it's pretty unlikely that retirement makes any sense. The thing that still does make sense is, is that creating financial resources that allow you to not be concerned about running out of money. It's, it's one of the greatest fears people have that they're going to run out of money before they run out of life. And our entire system of, of investing and retirement the Wall Street system is is all about this idea that if we build up a certain amount of cash and it's if we have $2 million in our mutual fund and we retire at 65, then that's good enough because we're going to get 7%. It doesn't really make any difference, though, if we do build that up to the $2 million because we still are stuck with this, this moment in time where there's this pile of money and we're afraid that we're going to lose it. And, and so we have to rethink what that looks like, what, what financial independence and wealth looks like. And so that's part of the, that's the beginning stages of the process. And that's what we do at Total Control Financial. And it's what I've been doing one-on-one with people for years is redefining things like retirement and asking different questions than, than the, the Merrill Lynch's and, and those type of, of folks are going to ask. So that helps to kind of knock out that perpetual worry, as you're saying that the system can engender. It it, it is, and and I you know I remember back in uh, a few years ago, I was having a conversation with my father before he passed away, and and there was this constant concern around the money, the resources, the availability, and he had he gotten to a point in his life in his sixties where he had a certain amount of money that had been built up in his retirement plan and he was concerned that it was going to run out. And so he made decisions based on that fear. And mostly that was because he had spent 40 years building it up. He didn't have any confidence or any intelligence around being able to recreate it. And because it was a fixed number, he was, there wasn't any way for him to, uh, to, to not have that, that fear and there's an alternative, and, and the alternative is what some of my clients have done, like in uh, the, the folks in Chicago, where they said, we're going to get out of that system, and we're, we're not going to allow that to control our decision and our, and our state of mind, our emotional state. We're going to have different goals. We're going to eliminate the worry of the stock market by opting out of that system. And, and so what they're doing is, is what I suggest is, is finding a way to create this ongoing cash flow type of stream so that when we wake up, no matter what we do this month, we can do make every terrible decision. In January, we have another stream of income that's coming in, and it's not based on what the stock market does. It's things like the real estate. It's things like royalties. I mean, it's so easy now to create different revenue streams, whether it's publishing a book or or a network marketing company. There's all these different things where we can have perpetual cash flow, and when that happens, and you don't have to worry about what the markets do day to day, and you're not worried about running out of out of cash that's a fixed number, it changes your ability to live and live with freedom and ease and not be anxious. Does that also create more of an immediate access to resources? So if we take a look at not just what would we what we would consider to be retirement, 
also the time though in between the, where we are right now and and the later years in life does it create greater access to revenue during that period of time yeah it, it that that's one of the one of the fun things is that you've got the ability to create revenue both today and in the future uh, if if we're just if we're just going into the stock market for example and we're going to invest there and it's going to be available when we're 60 years old and that's our whole plan then we're really stuck waiting until that point so if if we're 30 or 40 then it really there's no benefit to us. Once we learn how to how to do things with, let's say, real estate. I happen to love real estate. If we learn how to do real estate investing with our retirement money or this idea for the future wealth, we also have the ability to create wealth today, and that can impact our lifestyle between now and that point in the future when we would normally be building all this wealth up to use. And so once you realize, okay, I can do this, I can create this wealth, then it's kind of unlimited because you realize that money is an idea and you realize if you just go and want to create more, you can. There's no way to do that if, if our money is stuck in a mutual fund. We can't just create another million dollars in a mutual fund. But once you understand the idea behind real estate and intellectual property and you start doing it, then you realize, ah, I could do this. I could just create another million dollars. And if you've got your values and mission, in alignment with your ethics, your morals, if all those things are working together, then building another million dollars can serve a bigger purpose. It's not just another million, but you can do it and be fulfilled in the process. So it's kind of an unlimited, abundant focus, like my friend Peter Diamandis talks about. It's getting rid of the scarcity mentality and really living and going all in with the idea of abundance and an unlimited future. Right. And many of us are also, we don't even realize sometimes that we have a mentality like that because it's also indoctrinated in the messages that we get growing up, right? If you have parents who've been through the Great Depression or other types of situations, then it can be hard to shake off those anxieties. And so just working toward being more mindful and aware of the mentality that's actually driving your your decision making is really critical. It, it is, and it's, it, and that's something that, that really impacts a lot of people. Even the, specifically, what you just said about the Great Depression, when we've got messaging from our our parents or grandparents that were in something that was so traumatic, like the Great Depression, those that messaging it's really going into our DNA, and then those the, the conversation and and what we hear it continues to be the the words continue to resonate with us even if we weren't born until the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. We're we're still making decisions based on that fear. And and this is why it comes back to the idea around of who is around us. Because if it's just our family, if it's just people that have that fear or have not shaken it loose, then the likelihood is we're probably not going to shake it loose. And and we really need to get rid of it. It's there's nothing that serves us around the scarcity mentality. And yet it was everywhere in the twenties and so we in the thirties and and it, it tends to maintain itself unless we're conscious and we say we're gonna do something different and get support and build a construct around that different type of life. And I think what you're saying also about the outcomes of this, that it increases your access also in the near term is really critical because so many people are worried about today. They're worried about literally tomorrow <laughs> as opposed to tomorrow being years from now. And so this addresses some those real immediate concerns. 
It, it does, and, and it also allows people to realize and it gives them permission to, to go and, and live and, and have some of those experiences today and, and not feel like we have to wait until we're in our later years, until we're 60 or 70 years, years old to, to participate in those dreams that we have. I, I, I remember the last conversation I had with my father before he passed away, and he just looked at me and he said, I just had so many things that I wanted to do. And I, it broke my heart to see him looking back and, and realizing that he had waited and pushed things and pushed things, and now he was at a point where he was no, he didn't have a choice. And and it's it's so common, and it's it's not necessary for us to say we need to put off our life until this moment in time, decades down the road. One of the reasons that we put things off is because we don't understand what we're really trying to get. And what I mean by that is that we, we are programmed that we need to own everything, and, and it's too much money, and, and, it's, and we're not worthy of things. The very first part of that is the idea of ownership. And when we think about, for example, the idea of, of being, let's say, on, a, on the beach or uh, having a, a home in the mountains, whatever resonates with people, they get wound up about the idea that they have to own that thing. So their vision is, I'm going to have this thing I'm going to retire into. And the reality is what most people want is the experience of that thing. And so if we can start to get clear on what the experience actually costs, instead of saying, okay, this house is $2 million, well, the experience of it might be five or 10000 for a month or two or the summer. And then we actually have the experience today or this year instead of having to wait 30 years and then maybe never getting there. And maybe we could have had the experience and realized, I didn't even like that experience that much. And instead of, instead of it just kind of perpetually driving us crazy and feeling like we don't have things in our life that we want. So I, I think that's a great strategy to get over those things very quickly. You're emphasizing the importance of gaining clarity so that what you think you actually want, you'll be able to test it out and determine whether it actually is. And there might be much simpler ways that you can meet your needs. You're saying with less investment than you think that will help you to bring them closer into the present rather than banking on a future that's uncertain. Yeah, I, I had a, an experience that I think a, a lot of people can relate to uh, that around the idea of cars, and maybe this is a guy thing, but it, it's I see it a lot, and I hear about it. People talk about their dream car, and I remember a few years ago I had the, a Corvette uh, in my on my list, and I thought it was a very cool car, and so I'm staring at this thing, and I went, let me just try this. So I went to Arizona and rented it for the weekend. And I drove it up to Sedona and it was amazing. And by the end of the weekend, I was absolutely done. And there was nothing that was left to, to experience or that I needed. I didn't need to build up $70,000, $80,000 and go buy this car. I wanted the experience and I was complete with it. And so I got to let go of it. It was a very real way to move through the experience, to have the experience, to be fulfilled by the experience and not be concerned or needy around the moment in time where I could say I bought the car. I just wanted to drive the car through the red rocks of Sedona. That's what I really wanted more than anything. Mm -hmm. I hope you got a picture of that. Uh, I did. Absolutely. So that was literally a big load off. It's funny how that was that, that one thing. And, and, and so now I'm, I'm looking out at these different experiences or these different things in, in my, on my vision board and, my, and on my goals. And I ask the question, how can I start to experience that today? If there's something that's, that's really pulling me, 
I ask, what, what, what would that look like? And, and then I give myself permission to try it because what I don't want to do is I don't want to look back with regret and I don't want to have something gnawing at me for the next 10 or 20 years that may not even be real. That's just something that I've dreamt up or maybe somebody else has, has made the comment that this is really cool and for some reason I attached to that, that goal and it wasn't even my goal. So if I can have the experience of trying it, then I'm not really having to totally buy into it and I'm not having to buy it to, to, to process through it. So I like the ability to, to test things early and, and see if they really are important enough to, to anchor ourselves to. Such a great tactic to, to take that board and actually think about how you can start testing it out. Yeah, as, as my, my very close friend, Chris Ashby, who wrote Reinvented Life with me uh, a few years ago, says, he goes, you got to try before you buy. Really try it out. See what resonates with you. See how you feel about it. Not just, you know, not just in your brain, not intellectually, but see how it feels. And if, it, if a boat is going to make you happy and you're going to love it, great. Go get a boat. But gosh darn it, go, go try that boat. Because typically the, the best days of a boat owner's life are the day they buy it and the day they sell it. And I mean, I know that one. And, and if we can try it, oftentimes we'll realize, yeah, I just wanted to be on the boat. I wanted to try it out. And then I'm complete. That completion creates a lot of freedom and a, and a lot of anxiety being released. We'll wrap up then with that call to action. Get that vision board set up and start trying it out. And I know the example, one of the examples you gave in your book, A Reinvented Life, was about someone who packed up and sold everything and moved someplace. And then it turned out that it wasn't a good fit after all and came back. Yep, absolutely. That's... Uh, <laughs> Sometimes you have, sometimes you just really have to you have to do that you have to be willing to 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 move and and try and and experience it if we can get stuck in our own head and sometimes we end up right back where we were but it's part of the hero's journey for for all of us we've we've got to be willing to go in, in into the darkness or the woods and and see what's out there and oftentimes what we're realizing is that we're looking inside us but we have to get out of our our current environment to see what's inside us and then see who we really are Damon I want to thank you so much I really appreciate being here. It's, it's been a pleasure, and, and I, um, I, you're, you're amazing. The work you're doing is amazing, and, and so it's with deep gratitude that I say thank you for the time. And I reciprocate that, and I'd also like to encourage listeners, if you'd like to work more deeply with the philosophies that Damien has shared, I encourage you to read his book, Reinvented Life. As Damien said, co-authored with Christopher Ashby, it's actually a workbook of sorts in that each chapter wraps up with questions for the reader and also a journaling section in which you can record your insights and action items that are relevant for your development. You can also learn more about Damien at Damien.info and that's D-A-M-I-O-N.info. You can explore the services that are available to you through Total Control Financial by going to TotalControlFinancial.com. If you have comments or unanswered questions about today's episode, I welcome you to share them by emailing me at hosthemda at gmail.com. You can also share comments and questions by following me on Twitter at Hemda Mizrahi and liking us on Facebook at Turn the Page Radio. Until next week, remember to make the grass greener where you are. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, inviting you to turn the page. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to our program. Turn the Page can be heard live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, enjoy your weekend and make one change in your life before then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 